0: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Acts with chapter 7, verses 1 through 16. This portion of Acts is a narrative of the trial of Stephen in a Jewish kangaroo court and the testimony of his phenomenal defense in which he takes his accusers on a trip down memory lane that begins with the book of Genesis. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he faithfully delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, Best Last Words Ever. Verse 11 now. Now a famine came over all Egypt and Canaan, and great affliction with it. And our fathers could find no food, referring again to the patriarchs. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent our fathers there the first time. On the second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and Joseph's family was disclosed to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent word and invited Jacob and his father and all his relatives to come to him, 75 persons in all. Now, I want to urge you, watch your inbox for our daily emails. We happen to be in this portion of the book of Genesis. I promise I am not Smart enough to have figured out when do you need to start Jesus in light of or, or Genesis in light of when you're going to start Acts on Sunday morning to make them coalesce at Acts chapter seven. I didn't figure that out. And by the way, if you're not receiving our daily emails, for goodness sakes. Write your email address and your name on one of the registration slips. Put it in the box and say, send me the daily emails every day. We have a little study in God's Word. I can share prayer requests with you. We usually share some uh, some music in that time. Scott's going to cover me while while I'm in Israel. But right now, we're right in this portion of the book of Genesis. Stephen summarized how God arranged in His glorious sovereign providence for Jacob and his sons and their families, 75 people in all, to move to Egypt for what would turn out to be over 400 years, just exactly as God had promised. God used a famine. God used the treachery of Joseph's older brothers. God used Jacob's sinful favoritism toward Joseph, who by the way, he thought was dead when this was going on and he used his youngest son and his favoritism toward his youngest son also Joseph's brother Benjamin plays um, an interesting role in in all of that God used all of that to get the man he brought from the land of the Chaldeans remember where Abraham was from He, he had a hard time with geography and they said where are you from and he said er and that got recorded in the Bible Go read Genesis 11. You'll know why everybody's chuckling, okay? And, and he brought him from the land of the Chaldeans, uh, brought him by way of Haran, shows him the promised land, promises it to him, and then it, by the time of his great-grandsons, they're out of there. Abraham never had a possession in that land. But notice verse 15, Stephen stays on task, and Jacob went down to Egypt and there he and our fathers died. And again, notice the respect and the demeanor and the connections that Stephen shows. He repeated, our fathers. This is all God's plan for us, his people. He did everything he could to identify with, his, with the heritage of his, and the legacy of being Jewish. This is a Jewish man trying to show Jewish men that God has kept his promise to send a redeemer. He doesn't even bother commenting on the ridiculous false accusations, but he turns the subject to Jesus. Starts out with, the God, of our, the God of glory revealed Himself to Abraham. And by the way, all of this has been in motion ever since then. He lays out everything that God did to bring the Savior. Now, just like Peter did in his sermons in earlier chapters, whatever the challenge is, he says, The subject is Jesus, and He connects it to the plan of God. Now here's as far as we're going to get today, verse 16. From there, they were removed to Shechem. The they, antecedent of that is our fathers, the sons of Jacob, uh, all died there in Egypt. They were removed to Shechem and laid in the tomb which Abraham had purchased for a sum of money from the sons of Hamor in Shechem. And by the way, you'll find that in the book of Genesis. Go look for it. That's the last reference to events recorded in the book of Genesis. When we get back to Acts next time, we'll pick it up with things that Stephen says that happened in Exodus, and we'll give a sweeping overview up through the time when the temple was built. Now, they accused Stephen of badmouthing the temple, but he's going to turn the argument around on them and show that they right there in the temple, they were continuing in the long and tragic history of rejecting God's prophets. They had carried it on to rejecting Jesus, and now they're about to murder one more person who told them the truth. If you want to personalize this, and you should, I urge you to work on being able to talk your way through the Bible like Stephen did. And by the way, If you want to get started on that, Stephen gave you a great shortcut. Just keep reading and rereading Acts chapter 7 until you get the theme of it all, the flow of it all into your memory. You see, our world is turning more and more hostile to the things of God, more and more hostile to the church of God and His people who comprise His church. Now, we may not have a Sanhedrin after us, But more and more, we have various government entities turning hostile toward us. More and more, we have major corporations choosing to demand that employees give full approval to immoral and blasphemous things. So I have to ask if you're ready to handle what may be headed our way sooner than you might think. And can you do it in a manner that gives you the reputation of being full of grace, full of wisdom, and full of the Spirit? We need to be able to use the Bible to declare what we believe and to stand resolutely upon it. And to do it graciously and also to do it tenaciously. Now, you're not going to be challenged about blaspheming God or the temple, but you could stick around after church and, um, and follow Wade Salverson outside and go greet our friends who come for the, for the food pantry and, and share a gospel tract with them and just say, hey, you know, here's what we're all about. Come and, get, come and get fed. Come back next Sunday and get your soul fed and introducing them to the Savior. Here's a summary of what Stephen did on the final day of his life. I'm going to quote something else that Stephen never read because he never met Paul because Paul wasn't Paul yet. He was still Saul there the day that Stephen died. But here's a summary. Paul wrote this, but listen carefully with this emphasis on what Stephen is saying in his own defense. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you. That's, That's in essence what Stephen did. You're accusing me of all these things. Oh, by the way, I just want to tell you about the gospel that I've been preaching. I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures." You don't really understand Jesus without that first three-fourths of your Bible. The the good news of the gospel is the answer to the bad news of our sin, which traces all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. He says, and then he was buried, and he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Stephen was so brilliant. This is what it's all about. Let's start with the God of glory and what he said to Abraham in the land of the Chaldeans and how he brought Abraham out and Abraham gave birth to Isaac who gave birth to Jacob who gave birth to the, to the 12 sons who turned on Joseph who sent him to Egypt all of that stuff and by the way he didn't even toss in why there was grain in Egypt it was because of the wisdom that God gave to Joseph who Jacob thought was dead oh it's a, it's a great story my friends this is what we know this is what we believe this is what we preach so Let's take a cue from Stephen and keep working to improve our skill at stating it with grace and passion, and let's stand upon it as we stand in His grace, and let's pray. Father, thank You for this dear brother in Christ, Stephen. It will be a joy someday to be in Your presence and to meet him to be able to thank Him for these words and for His steadfastness in you. Father, we, we admit we are so thankful that we live in the, the best country in the world, that we have such freedom, that we, that we have such earthly blessings. We're not yearning to be persecuted by any means, but Father, we know the world hates Your Son, and it hates those who follow Him. So make us strong in Your Word, we pray, that we would forever be able to, even in the face of opposition, even under threat of death, winsomely, graciously, lovingly, forcefully, tenaciously, and accurately proclaim Your truth. Have your way with each of us to that end, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.